0: Welcome to Salt Bones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And
1: I'm Sydney McElroy. How you doing, Tim? I'm good, Justin. How, how are you feeling? You were supposed to have a big appointment today.
0: Yeah, I was supposed to get a, a crown. I got a fake replacement tooth on there right now, but I'm, I was supposed to get a crown. But I, good news, well, I mean, depending on your perspective, but good news, my tooth wasn't done.
1: Is that good news? Because now you still have whatever that fake tooth is, that mm-hmm. fake
0: an upsetting fake tooth. Yeah,
1: no, I mean it's you can't, good. You can't chew very well with and you keep getting stuff stuck back there. It's been it's really been traumatizing for me, honestly. Oh, I'm sorry about as the one impact who has to deal with on you. It. Uh
0: that's my primary concern. No, I mean I'm I, I I guess I'm a little sad to not have a cool new tooth. But uh the nice thing about it is it didn't work. You know, nobody likes that. So it was kind of like a, yeah, a brief no, reprieve I understand
1: that completely. <laughs> uh-huh
0: I bet you do. Because uh, you haven't been in ten years. Um it was kind of I'm like,
1: not advocating that. I'm not saying that's a choice anyone else should make. Please uh, go to your dentist, everyone. Go now.
0: It was kind of a, a nice reprieve, you know, because now I get to spend a lovely autumnal afternoon here in front of the uh, in the Sawbone Studios just talking to my wife about...
1: Uh, worms that crawl out of your butt?
0: Okay. Well, I might call the dentist and see if they can still squeeze me in. Maybe they oh, can make a come little... On. A little room this could be
1: fun this could be like a lovely couple's adventure through the world of worms and intestines okay intestinal worms
0: as the uh fish as the the ill-fated fish once said i will bite on this worm (laughs) sydney what are you talking about
1: well justin uh worms have probably been one of the most requested topics for sawbones to cover. We've covered, we, we've dabbled in parasitic diseases, mm-hmm. but I think people are fascinated by worms.
0: I remember the guinea worm. That mm-hmm. was unpleasant.
1: Yes, it was. It was. Hugely. Um, but it's okay because Jimmy Carter is going to eradicate it.
0: Jimmy Carter, he's in a race against time with That's guinea what he worms. Said.
1: He said the last guinea worm is going to die before him and I believe him. Yep. But we're not going to talk about guinea worms because we already did that. Yep. Um, there are a lot of worms, first of all, to talk about. Uh, there, I was going to tell you all about roundworms because there have been lots of people who have requested roundworms. Uh, Let me thank some of them first. Clifford, Emily, Isabel, Matthew, Dave, Don, Lindsay, Nicholas, Jonathan, and Jennifer Mm -hmm. have all requested roundworms, um, also known as nematodes, but there are a lot of them that can cause disease. Oh. So I'm going to tell you. Yes. I'm going to tell you a little bit about nematodes and then I'm going to, I think that this could be like a whole multi-episode arc about worms
0: that crawl out of your butt. Great. Okay. Excellent. How do you feel about that? Stoked. To put it in one word, just stoked. All right. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Right, because then it's closer to not going.
1: Let's start. Anymore. Let's just start with round worms are also called nematodes. That's probably the better name.
0: Or battle toads.
1: No, they're not. <laughs> they're not battle toads.
0: No. Okay. No. Agree to disagree.
1: Uh, there's a whole phylum, nematoda, and. They're different from flatworms because, well, I mean, they're, like, they're tubular. Right, so not like flat. They're, round. Um, and they have, like, a tubular digestive system, and they've got a hole at both ends. And about half of them are parasitic. And there are lots of nematodes. Lots and lots of nematodes. There may be up to, in one hectare of soil, there can be up to 1.2 billion nematodes. Various species. There are probably up to a million different species of nematodes. They occupy every habitat from mountaintops to ocean floors. They are beneath the earth's surface. Um, They are all over. There are ones that that are parasitic to almost every plant and animal on earth. They make up 90% of animals on the ocean floor. Wow. Just nematodes. And they are 80% of all individual animals on earth.
0: That is a lot of nematodes.
1: So they're everywhere, these yeah. worms. Wor- We're still talking about worms, by the Somewhat way. Somewhat unsettling. Yes. Um, it, it's funny because you read there are nematologists who study nematodes. And there's one, Nathan Cobb, who who talked about that basically if you removed all other living things from Earth, you would have kind of this film of nematodes that you could like see that like the exoskeleton, endoskeleton, however you want to call it, of, of every structure and plant and animal and everything on earth made out of nematodes that would help you identify all of the creatures that used to be here.
0: Wow. That's a lot of nematodes. Yes. I mean, it's just a whole lot. Right. Probably at least 80,000 minimum, I would think.
1: No, I mean like way more than that.
0: 85,000, 90,000, like a lot of nematodes.
1: Yeah. Well, you keep working on your estimation skills. I think they're poor.
0: Okay. Um, Is that a medical diagnosis or you just think...
1: No, I think. Generally speaking. Yeah, I think just generally. Okay. Uh, I think that's like a math teacher comment. Fair enough. Yeah, okay.
0: You know, you got to know your limits, I
1: guess. (laughs) Um, Now, like I said, there are lots and lots of species of roundworms, and there are lots that can cause infection in humans. Many, many, too many for one show. So, first, we're going to talk about Ascaris. and I probably just so you know, because when you did your your last, we did our last two part show on medical TV. Everybody mm-hmm. was waiting for that second part. I probably won't do these all back to back because they're gonna make Justin really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and we've had like a rough run lately, <laughs> and I would like something a little more palatable.
1: We'll take some breaks in between. Thank something you. that won't won't be so squirm-inducing. I appreciate it. So first of all, ascaris or ascaris lumbricoides, which is a roundworm that infects the human gut. Uh, there's a sister worm that uh, Asker assume that it can infect pigs, but um, we're probably more concerned with the one that, that can infect our colon.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Babe, Pig in the City was a really good movie, so I'd hate if that... So you're worried you know, about Babe? I'm worried about Babe.
1: Well, the, they probably started out as like the same worm, and then we domesticated pigs, and we hung out with pigs all the time, and so... All the time. Now we each have our own flavor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We'll blame it on the pigs. They gave it to us uh it still um affects
0: over i think we're probably even we have visited some unfortunate things on pigs in the last few few years that's fair few few millennia yeah Yeah.
1: no that's fair the the with especially with like the in recent years everyone's like fascination with bacon Mm -hmm. guys can i just say something like we all know bacon tastes good
0: move on just eat it right
1: Just eat it and move on Don't act like it's something fancy or special If like there's bacon in something Like come on
0: Bacon's everywhere now We
1: all know bacon's great You know if you removed every other living
0: thing from the earth (laughs) You could see a a vague skeleton of bacon That tells you where the um, fat people used to live
1: that's all it is. They're That's, just bacon so, shadows, they call them. Bacon, bacon ripples, bacon, bacon echoes. Ripples. There's a lot of terminology of humanity thrown around. They're bacon ripples of humanity throughout the universe. I think that was on an episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Ascaris still affects over a billion people worldwide. Um, and the way you get it is mainly from drinking or eating the eggs in contaminated food and water. So it's passed from person to person. So, you know... In areas where there isn't uh, as much sanitation, where where water quality is poor, or where um, people use, are you familiar with the term night night soil? Uh, No, actually. Or night fertilizer, night soil. I think night soil is more common. Anyway, it's people who use for fertilizer, they use human feces. Okay. So if that's prevalent. um, Secret dirt is what we
0: called it back in the day.
1: (laughs) Back when you used it? Back when I used it
0: in my agricultural years.
1: Um, so using that, especially, you know, if you have Ascaris and then you're passing the eggs in your stool and then you grow your food in night soil and then there are eggs on, you know, like on vegetables, like if they're not cleaned properly or it can be in meat or
0: fish or whatever. So just to be clear, because uh, this is something we run into from time to time, we make light of stuff on the show just because that's the show. But don't want people to get um, the mistaken impression that this is not still a serious issue uh, for the people that are, that are uh, faced with it. Of course, mainly in, in developing nations. I think, I think it's fair to say. Um, so we, you know, I don't want to give the impression that we're making light of their plight because it is obviously very, very much not a, a goof.
1: No, absolutely. It, and Ascaris is present in basically every country on earth. Um, you can get it anywhere, but it definitely is more common places where sanitation is more of an issue. mm mm-hmm um for sure but you you can get it here great okay cool yeah so don't cool afternoon i'm having so i mean i take it seriously when they tell you to wash your produce
0: yeah right we should start doing that
1: i know (laughs) no we do that we do that we do that yeah yeah we do that yes we do 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 you not yes dad i don't want to i don't want to know never mind um the eggs of ascaris are pretty hearty uh, we have found them from as far back as thirty thousand years ago. Wow, they're like pretty tough little buggers and they live in or they well they, they can hang out in the soil, I should say. Mm. That, they won't fulfill their life cycle there, but they can hang out in the soil for a long time. They may be the oldest human parasite that we have documentation of, and they've been found from Peru to Egypt to Tennessee, and they've written about been written about in uh, the ancient medical records from China, Greece, Rome, basically everywhere. So, they're everywhere. They're pervasive.
0: Making themselves known.
1: Yes. and Getting out there. Yes. And when I when I described to you the worm, it'll be obvious why people knew about him, because this is not a subtle... This is not subtle. It's kind of like when we talked about the guinea worm. Like, mm-hmm. you know if you have it. Right. It's not a subtle disease. Same idea with ascaris. Um, a, couple, a couple people have been instrumental in figuring out kind of this life cycle of ascaris and where it comes from and how the eggs are passed along and all this kind of stuff. Um... Before them, it was described in the 17th century by Dr. Edward Tyson, uh, which is great because he just observed and wrote about, you know, the course of the infection and what it did and that kind of stuff. And that was excellent. But I really think there are two more scientists who deserve a little bit more credit in this Mm -hmm. arena. Uh, One is Dr. Giovanni Battista Grassi, who in 1878 decided he really wanted to get intimately acquainted with the life cycle of this worm. So he took eggs that he found um, in a corpse that he was performing an autopsy on, and he wanted to test out, so if I swallow these, am I then going to get infected? Because that would, you know, then he would prove that it was, you know, passed by my favorite route of transmission, the fecal-oral route. Sure.
0: Right? The by the <laughs> fla- byline to flavor country, we call it. <laughs>
1: So, uh, he wanted to do this, but he had to prove that he didn't have worms first, right?
0: Route 60 sucks. It would also be appropriate. <laughs> Sorry.
1: But, but so, so he had to prove that he didn't already have worms because that would blow his whole, you know, theory if he already had them and he sure. thought he got them from, anyway. So, uh, he took these eggs that he harvested and he kind of made like a little, I don't know, like a fecal garden, fecal... Incubator. Okay. And just kept them there for a year, just about a year, while he tested his own stool uh, regularly for the presence of eggs.
0: You know, a lot of the images we get of scientists and media, TV and movies, there are of the antisocial loner. And I think it's easy to forget. Scientists are just like us.
1: <laughs> what? We- I I think that it's important to know that that everything we understand, not just about like medical history, but I mean, every branch of science is on the backs of people like Dr. Grassi, who was willing to every day for a year poop in a cup and look through it under a microscope for the presence of parasite eggs. And then at the end of that year, when he had determined he felt comfortable saying he did not, in fact, have Ascaris he drank the eggs that he had preserved
0: he actually only needed to do it for six months but you know how it is when you get into a habit it just feels right
1: (laughs) so he uh he drank the eggs 22 days later uh, i'm assuming he had was continuing his daily fecal investigation it's part of your morning routine right Mm -hmm. you have your you get up you take a shower you have your coffee you examine your poop for ascaris eggs and he found them in his feces so so he proved that transmission. Um, he was not the only one to do this. I think that's the most interesting because like once somebody's done this, like as a, as a currently practicing physician, like I have that piece of information. Thank you, dude, for doing this because that means like I, the onus is not on me, right, right to do it. But uh, there was a Japanese pediatrician in 1922, Dr. Shimesu Koino, who said, you know, we still don't understand this enough. I, I'm not I'm not ready to be done with this self experimentation. I'm gonna do this as well. So he took it a step further. He drank about two thousand Ascaris lumbarcoides eggs. Hmm. Um, which is I think the most that have ever been like intentionally ingested. Not that there's like a how about, huge how
0: about a Guinness? competition
1: for yeah. that. <laughs> um, but and in order to study again the life cycle. But he took it a step further. He also made his brother, his younger brother Drink 500 of the ascra Assume, that the pigworm eggs, to study I, that as well?
0: When I was younger, we used to play a game called Taste My Steel, where I would throw a steel baseball bat or an, or an aluminum baseball bat at my little brother, Griffin, who would then duck or try to leap out of the way. Taste My Steel. I am like one of those brothers who gave their kidney to their brother compared to this dude. <laughs> like, I am a saint
1: now to be fair he got much sicker than his little brother did
0: well he ate four times as many dirty eggs i would hope so
1: and he ate the ones that cause human problems mm-hmm. um he got he actually drank so many that he began um coughing up the larva uh which is was a really i know that sounds terrible but this was a really important finding uh for dr coino because this helps us to understand kind of the weird um indirect pathway that these little guys take when they get inside our body
0: he actually coughed the eggs into the drink he was enjoying at the time and that is how we got bubble tea now you know the rest of the story
1: (laughs) i already never wanted to drink bubble tea like i've had it and Mm -hmm. i never want to drink it again but now i really don't. triple duper don't yeah
0: so, what's next, Sid? What, what else you got for me? I'm not skeeved out yet. I'm doing, I'm doing okay. How, how do I know if I if I have this thing, though, so I can get out in front of it?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you about the long, strange journey of the Ascaris worm inside your body right after you take this long, strange journey with me to the billing department. Let's go.
0: The medicines, the medicines that escalate my for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing. High quality chef crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some southwestern style turkey and mac. But I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl. Is 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 part of my plan? Um, but they got like fancy. Stuff. Listen to this. What are you going to get? This truffle oh, butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously, from 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 a, a box.
1: So, how do I know if I have one of these worms? So, like I said, the, the, worm, the worm is not done once you swallow it and it makes it to your stomach. Like, it's about to go on a trip. It, so, you, you eat the worms, however, and they migrate from your stomach to the small intestine to your liver. And then from your liver, they're going to make the trip to your heart via the portal circulation system. So, blood vessels, basically. Okay. Um, from your heart, they're going to make it to your lungs. And this is important because, as Dr. Coino noted, he was coughing up worm larva, right? Well, what you do when you cough up those worm larva is you you auto-infect, you re-swallow them. Okay. So you kind of cough, <coughs> swallow that back down, and you've just infected your gut again with worms.
0: Oh, a yeah, never-ending cycle kind of thing.
1: Which which is important, which is exactly how it's supposed to work. I mean, if you're looking from the worm's perspective, right, that's how they
0: is, want it to run,
1: right. Which is kind of a fascinating indirect route to go. Um, they make it back to their back to their desired location of the intestines at that point, and they're at a point where they are adults and they can um, attach inside your. Actually, they just kind of live there. They don't attach. They just kind of hang out in there, um, and relay eggs, and then you're going to see the eggs back in your in your stool. Um, when they're in your lungs, they can cause so, so they're going to cause a bunch of different symptoms. When they're in your lungs, they can cause uh, a pneumonitis, like an inflammation of your lungs. Um, so you can get like cough and wheezing and shortness of breath and, and that kind of thing, like the kind of symptoms you'd get from another pneumonia inflammation or, or pneumonia or inflammation infection, that kind of thing. Um, that's called Loeffler syndrome. Once they're back in your intestines um, and you're, you know, now they're laying eggs and they're coming out in your poop and you are, you are a disease vector. Um, You can get some other kinds of symptoms. You can get loss of appetite. uh, You can get uh, vomiting. You can have your belly uh, swell, you know, distension. Um, You can have a lot of abdominal pain. They can even cause, if there's enough of them, blockage inside your intestines, um, the, you know, ducts of your liver, inside your gallbladder, that kind of thing, if if there are that many worms in there, which there can be. There are some people who are infected with multiple, multiple of these worms, not just one.
0: That's good to know. I here I thought it was just the one, but it sounds like a
1: lot. No, I mean a lot of the time if you're eating or drinking contaminated food, it's not contaminated with one egg, it's contaminated with multiple eggs. Right. So, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we tend to we tend to have, like have this image of like worms in the intestines of like people who have that know, one big I've, long tapeworm.
0: I've got that image all the time.
1: <laughs> uh well I, I mean I do. Okay. But these are different first of all than tapeworms, and secondly you can get a lot more ascaris than just one. Um Four to 16 days or so after you swallow the eggs, you're going to get the initial, like, pulmonary, like, lung symptoms and the systemic fevers and chills and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's going to take about six to eight weeks for you to start getting all the stomach symptoms that are going to tell you something's wrong down there.
0: Oh, that'd be t- that's fun to look forward to, though. You know, like, you know, you got that coming up. <laughs> you know.
1: it, well, it's important to set goals.
0: Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. You plan around it. That's the secret. Don't, don't cancel that trip to Disney World. You're not going to feel like doing that.
1: Now, if you do um, poop out a worm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great conversation starters from Sydney McElroy. <laughs> uh,
1: you're going to know about it. Um, yeah. This is probably why when I said like this disease has been uh, described all throughout medical literature, throughout history, is because it, it, similar to the guinea worm, you don't miss it. Um, it's a fairly large worm, uh, especially the females are bigger than the males, and it can be up to 35 centimeters in length which is pretty big. Yeah. It's between two and six millimeters wide. It's um like a creamy, light, like white color all the way to like a light brownish kind of color. Um, it's a cylinder. It's round, you know, it's a round worm. And it's tapered at both ends. So um, like you're not going to miss it. If it if it comes out, this isn't something, like sometimes people come in and be like, I think I may have pooped out a worm, but I'm not really sure. Um, there are worms that are more subtle. Ascaris is not it. You know. You know. If it's it yeah, you know if you've if you've pooped out an ass. I'm
0: shocked it'll just let you poop it out. It seems like he would like crawl back up the pipes or something and climb on your toothbrush or something. It
1: doesn't normally it normally like you have to um you have to like take medicine for Great. get okay. pooped out. Figured. Um now when it comes to cures, uh because these have been around for a really long time, people have been trying to figure out like is there some way to get rid of it for a really long time. Um, the ancient Egyptians had some cures that involved, like, different reeds and plants that you could grind up and you could cook them with some honey and, and take that to try to clear your system of worms. Uh, pomegranates were a popular treatment. Just eat a bunch of pomegranates sure, and Sure, delicious. Yeah, which why not, you know. Um, Hippocrates wrote a lot about worms. He described them in great detail, all the different um symptoms that they would cause that he he understood that they lived in the intestines and that there were uh various uh different symptoms you know different systems that could be infected by uh, affected by the worm um and he described some treatments as well one actually involved like cutting a worm he described where he cut a worm out of a boy's abdominal wall like right out of the wall because it had formed like a fistula like a little tract from inside the intestines outside the body. And he just like cut it open and tried to pull the worm out that way.
0: This isn't even educational anymore. You're just trolling me, right?
1: No, that's like, that's, a, I mean, we don't do it that way. Like, that's not what we do now. But like, that was, that was what, I mean, <laughs> you're what he did. You're a monster. Yeah, um, I believe
0: you. No, I know. I buy it. I just, I feel like you're setting up this. It's become less of a podcast and more of like a saw type prison of audio that you've constructed for me each week that i have to like just me and my anxiety have to like drag our claw our way out of somehow
1: well nobody's gonna now if you were infected with ascaris nobody's gonna cut it out of your abdominal wall they're just gonna give you medicine that will make you poop it out so but you know how the mind's eye works right like you know that like i
0: know objectively that's not happening to me (laughs) and yet i have to live here with these thoughts and notions and images
1: See, I can't connect with this. Okay, great. I mean, I've studied this for a long time. Moving on. Um, If you didn't want to have a worm cut out of your uh, stomach wall, and and I don't, uh, you could try Hippocrates' um, recommended fasting for three days, and then you drink a mixture of like macerated parsley and honey, or apply a compress of like greasy hair and some fruit and some leaves and some cedar oil. Oh, and then also you need to eat garlic and then wash your hair and then rinse it with seawater, which all I think sounds more appetizing
0: yeah why didn't you lead with that one (laughs) seriously at least try it first even though it's made up and won't work (laughs) at least give me some time to stall
1: um there were surgeons that would occasionally just cut the worms out that's been documented different times where um uh, they would see like patients with big swollen bellies and they would suspect that worms were the culprit and so they would just do these big abdominal surgeries to try to remove all the worms but throughout most of history surgery itself was way too risky
0: sure right it wouldn't be worth the yeah
1: no so unless unless you had somebody who was about to die from like a blockage or something you wouldn't you wouldn't have attempted this just because you thought maybe they had some worms in there right um, there are all kinds of herbal remedies that you'll read about, um, Things, that, uh, something I thought that was very seasonal, pumpkin seeds. Oh, sure.
0: You know, pumpkin spice is huge right now. So here's just yet another p- place in your life to, to build room for it.
1: I don't see like Starbucks ever advertising that. Like the PSL, also good for well, intestinal worms.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge selling point, but there's so many other pumpkin drinks in the game now, maybe they need a, a way to differentiate.
1: Do you want to borrow that, Starbucks? Just let me know. Yeah, well, You got to put the seeds in there, though. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also some different, uh, like I said, some different herbal remedies, uh, something called the peco leaf, cascara, and then lots of different laxatives, basically. Like, sure. lots of recommendations for senna or prunes or something like that. The idea being that, like, I don't know, maybe like you could create like a tidal wave effect, like through your,
0: Everybody through your intestines. Everybody just, like, out. Shoo, right. Last like, thought.
1: Evacuate. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> flush everything straight out of there um one interesting kind of note about ascaris that i stumbled upon as i was reading about it and researching did you know that richard iii had ascaris
0: no i know we found him not too long ago we found his his body in like a parking lot or something right
1: that is right. The way you just described that is very different than the reality that we found the body of Richard III in a parking lot. Like, we uncovered the remains okay, of Richard like III. Under. In the, the earth. He underneath. Wasn't like in the trunk of,
0: <laughs> uh, of a Subaru. Like, yes, he was buried there.
1: It sounded like a very different, you know, just like a very That's King Richard
0: III, really and he scary. looks great
1: episode of like unsolved mysteries that we were about to start we found the body of king richard the third in the parking lot um in 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 a town in england no in 2012 we found the remains of uh the last yorkist king his death ended the war of the roses i'm giving you some facts about richard the third in case you don't know
0: there's a shakespeare play about him
1: so i assume you know everything about him
0: uh i know everything in the shakespeare play Now is the winter; our discontent make glorious summer by the son of York.
1: Are you? Oh, are you going to? Are you going to do it all now?
0: I'm not unless you want more than that. No, I don't. Okay, that's all. I unless
1: got. I want to call your bluff, I guess.
0: No, I'm literally telling you that's all I know. Okay. I'm looking all you right. dead in the eye and t- saying that's okay. all I know.
1: We'll stop. Um. So when they uncovered his remains, among his very crap, various...
0: I hope that's Richard III. Pretty sure it is. Don't let me know if it's not. Just lie to me. Just lie to me, baby. Please, just let somebody's
1: gonna dream. has already corrected let you. Me live this dream. We've already gotten a tweet. Or a Facebook message already correcting you if you're wrong. It's
0: been a while since I was spending considerable time with the classics.
1: There, your um man, your theater professors from college are going to be so disappointed. Uh, they you. don't listen. That's fair. They don't. Um. So among his various other ailments and wounds, uh, they the researchers also discovered a huge amount of ascaris eggs preserved in the soil, um, kind of around the area where the king's pelvis was. Uh, so like insinuating that, you know, you can you can assume that they were from his intestines uh, okay, know, got around it. the area yeah, of his palace, right, right, right. you know, like where where the where the intestines would have been before, you know, time. Got it. Earth took its course. Um, this suggests that the king probably had a pretty bad case of worms. Um, now, they because at the time he would have been. Uh, we could say among the more well-nourished members of society. Sure, right? one would like think. Yeah, he was not suffering for lack of food. Um, it probably didn't cause him any any huge problems. He would not have suffered malnourishment from having the worms. He probably still had plenty to eat, um, but he would have had occasional like stomach pains uh, from it. From it, yeah. It was actually very common in the medieval era, um, but it would have affected like you know peasants who. Didn't have access to regular food. Among, a lot of bad, high,
0: a lot of poor hygiene. I would imagine since we didn't know that hygiene existed.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, not. everybody had bad hygiene and everybody had worms. But if you didn't have access to food, if you were poor and you didn't have a lot of food, it would have been harder on you.
0: What would they have done for like occasional stomach pain back in the day?
1: Well, I mean, they probably would have just bled him. Sure. I mean, that, and that's probably how he how he would have been treated. He, his humors would have been thought to be out of whack, so they would have, like, administered things to make him pee or make him poop or make him puke or um, just bleeding, lots of bleeding. You know, this was, like, leech time and cutting time and that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was also a time when many farmers used feces as fertilizer. So that's probably where the king got it. He probably ate some vegetables from the garden that, you know, had a little... Bit of earth left sure. on them, um, and then he got infection. Um, and and like I said, he probably was just treated by the by the you know barber surgeons with bleeding and such, or maybe some dietary adjustments. Um, now, of course, he was killed in battle in 1485 from a a huge trauma to the back of his skull. Probably a sword. That would be my guess that he was like struck in the back of the head, and that has nothing to do with worms. But what's interesting to know about Ascaris is that sometimes. The worms are known to, like, when the body's in acute stress, like, right right before you die, uh, they, they kind of abandon ship. Oh. Like, they don't want to go down, too. So they want to, like, leave this vessel that is about to no longer be viable. Uh, so they may, they may, I'm not saying they did, but they may burst forth from any orifice that is nearby.
0: Cool. Finally, a foolproof cure for roundworm. You hit in the head with a sword and they'll burst out of your uh, tear ducts.
1: That would be a pretty. uh, Can you imagine like that? That image of someone who has just been struck on the battlefield and then as they're dying, like worms bursting out.
0: You must have thought you hit him so hard. (laughs) Guys, did you see that good swing I did? Man, I knocked the worms clean out of that fool.
1: I don't know. This may be just like a last like the last. Thing you're getting back at your enemy like your final vengeance is like this horrifying ah. thing that they're going to be like branded on their brain for the rest of yeah, eternity with that, that, image. that image i'm not saying that happened to richard III. i'm the Third. i do not have no idea if it did. Do, just like a thought just how like do we
0: actually treat it
1: we actually treat it with with some medications albendazole, mabendazol piprazine, uh depending on what's available it can even be treated with one dose of some of these medications sheesh um so it there are mass treatment programs in areas where it's really uh, common. It sometimes helps to just come in like every six months and treat everybody, just assuming that they've been exposed to the to the worms. This is something that I've participated in myself huh. in my in some of my ventures. Um, safe water, of course, uh, cooking and cleaning food appropriately is all part of you know preventing preventing yourself from getting it is better than treating it because if you are treated, like I said, the, a worm's gonna come out of your butt.
0: Nobody wants that.
1: Nobody wants that, you know, and that's a that's a bad road to stare down. Is like I want treatment for this worm that's in me, but it's, then I'm gonna have to see it come out in the toilet.
0: So here's hope we can get those taken care of too. They're on the way out with the round, of the guinea worm. Maybe, probably not. There's a lot of them.
1: There's a lot of them. They're really common.
0: We're also fans of a lot of shows on the Maximum Fun Network. Uh, uh, I make a few others, like my brother, my brother, me, and the Adventure Zone. Uh, Sid and I just sat in on a guest episode of Ono, Ross, and Carrie, where we went to West Virginia's The Mystery Hole. So look for their podcast and you can go listen to our our little adventure there. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. All those shows are at MaximumFun.org. I also want to say a big thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song, Medicines, as the intro and outro of our program. And uh, is there anything I'm forgetting? No,
1: nothing? Uh, Oh, you should, um, if you like my sister Riley, and I know I do, who occasionally guests on Sawbones, you should go check out her um, GoFundMe page where she is trying to, raise money for her speech and debate team uh if you want a link to that you can visit our facebook page uh sawbones on facebook and uh, there's a link that you can follow if you're interested and you want to support speech and debate
0: uh also thanks to the folks who have sent us stuff in our po box it's uh uh sawbones po box 54 huntington west virginia 25706 thanks to mark ferris for the magazine ian sent us a, a lovely yo-yo deanna sent us a shirt for charlie and uh, Vanessa sent a lovely book and uh, donation. Uh, so uh, thank you to everybody who did that. Uh, you are uh, too kind. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Till next week. Uh, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.